0: Danger had only served to bring them closer. She was not only beautiful, svelte, gainfully and eagerly employed, immune to nagging, empathetic, intelligent. She'd also proven to be the ideal soulmate. Looking at her, he smiled despite himself. Nora was quite simply too good to be true. Nora roused herself. Can't let myself get too comfortable. Not yet, anyway. Why not? She disentangled herself and walked into the kitchen to grab her purse. There's one more errand I have to run. Smithback blinked. At this hour? I'll be back in ten minutes. She returned to the couch and leaned over him, one hand smoothing his cowlick as she kissed him. Don't go anywhere, big boy, she murmured. Are you kidding? I'll be a regular rock of Gibraltar. She smiled, stroked his hair again, then headed for the front door. Be careful, he called after her. Don't forget those weird little packages we've been getting. Don't worry, I'm a grown-up girl. A moment later, the door closed and the lock turned. Smithback put his hands behind his head and stretched out on the sofa with a sigh, giving the port another sip. He heard her footsteps recede down the corridor, heard the chime of the elevator, Then all was quiet save for the low hum of the city outside. He could guess where she'd gone, to the patisserie around the corner. They made his favorite specialty cakes, and they were open until midnight. Smithback was particularly partial to their praline genoise with calvados buttercream. With any luck, that was the cake Nora had ordered for tonight's celebration. He lounged there in the dimly lit apartment, listening to Manhattan breathe. The cocktails he'd consumed had slowed everything down just a little. He recalled a line from a Thurber short story, drowsily contented, mistily contented. He had always felt an unreasoning fondness for the writings of fellow journalist James Thurber, along with those of pulp fictioneer Robert E. Howard, One he felt had always tried too hard, the other not hard enough. For some reason, he found his thoughts spiraling back to the summer day when he'd first met Nora. All the memories returned Arizona, Lake Powell, the hot parking lot, the big limo he'd arrived in. He shook his head, chuckling at the memory. Nora Kelly had seemed like a bitch on wheels, a freshly minted Ph.D. with a chip on her shoulder. Then again, he hadn't exactly made a good impression. Acted like a perfect ass, that was for sure. That was four years ago, or was it five? Oh God, had the time really gone that fast? There was a shuffling outside the front door, then the rattle of a key in the lock. Nora, back so soon? He waited for the door to open, but instead the key rattled again as if Nora was having trouble with the lock. Maybe she was balancing a cake on her arm. He was about to rise to open it for her when the door creaked open and he heard steps cross the entryway. As promised, I'm still here, he called out. Mr. Gibraltar, but hey, you can call me Rock. There was another step. Somehow it didn't sound like Nora. It was too slow and heavy, and it seemed to be shambling as if uncertain. Smithback sat up on the couch. A figure loomed in the small foyer, framed in the light of the corridor beyond. It was too tall and broad-shouldered to be Nora. Who the hell are you, he said. Quickly, Smithback reached for the lamp on the adjoining table, snapped it on. He recognized the figure almost immediately, or he thought he did. There was something wrong with the face. It was ashen puffy almost pulpy it looked sick or worse colin smithback said is that you what the hell are you doing in my apartment that was when he saw the butcher knife in an instant he was on his feet the figure shuffled forward cutting him off there was a brief awful moment of stasis then the knife darted forward with terrible speed slashing at air smithback had occupied less than a second before what the fuck smithback yelled the knife shot forward again and smithback fell over the coffee table in a desperate attempt to avoid the blow overturning the table as he did so he scrambled to his feet again and turned to face his assailant crouching